Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're in Joshua chapter 3 once again, looking at the crossing of the Jordan River by the people of Israel into the land of Canaan. Last time we saw some of the uh, preparation that the people were to do the consecration in order to be able to uh, get into the land, crossing over the Jordan River. And Joshua predicts that the Lord is going to do uh, something miraculous, a wonder among you. Uh, this is something out of the ordinary. So the people were to look for uh, some kind of miracle that would accompany them into the land of Canaan. Uh, in verse 6, Joshua uh, spoke to the priests saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they take up the Ark of the Covenant and they go on ahead of the people. Now, starting in verse 7, we are going to see uh, Joshua uh, elevated in the eyes of the people and some of the things that he says to the people, the predictions that he makes, uh, allow them to know that the Lord has promised to give them this land and is going to give them an accompanying sign here. So I'm going to read Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. Now the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You shall, moreover, command the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Then Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, the Girgashite, the Amorite, and the Jebusite. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. And it shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above shall stand in one heap. So the Lord tells Joshua here in verse 7 that he is going to begin to exalt him in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that just as he had been with Moses, he would be with Joshua. This is a big question in the book of Joshua. And starting out right away in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord addresses Joshua directly with this question. Moses, my servant, is dead. You're in charge now. You take this people. Get up and cross over the Jordan. Now, several things have happened between Joshua chapters 1 and chapter 3. And now we see the Lord saying, I am going to very publicly allow everyone to know that I'm working with you, 
Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, this is an incredible statement because uh, Moses is spoken of as an individual with whom the Lord spoke face to face, so to speak. Now, this is an expression. uh, It's not to be taken literally. The Lord says to Moses in Exodus chapters 33 and 34, when Moses asks to see his glory, no one can see my face and live. Uh, God, as we learn about him from the New Testament, is spirit, uh, as, as Jesus says in John chapter 4. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He doesn't have a, a physical body. Uh, but his glory, uh, if we were to, uh, in our present physical form, earthly bodies, be able to uh, somehow be exposed to the glory of the Lord, we would come undone. Uh, we would die. Uh, this theme occurs over and over again in the Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, sees of a vision Uh, Just a vision of the Lord's glory, the Lord seated on his throne in the the temple and his robe uh, training out before him and hearing his voice like the sound of rushing waters and like thunder. And Isaiah says, woe is me and and falls down as a dead man. Uh, Ezekiel has a very similar experience in Ezekiel chapter one when he sees the glory of the Lord coming at him as in a thunderstorm and he falls on his face and worship. Daniel in the book of Daniel sees uh, in Daniel chapters 10, 11, and 12 sees uh, an angelic messenger who may actually be, some people identify this messenger as the pre-incarnate Christ uh, coming to him. Uh, There is some evidence for that. Uh, It seems as though Daniel uh, worships this individual, uh, gives praise and glory to this individual. So it's very possible that that is the case. And this would also be a, a manifestation of the glory of God in a way that Daniel could experience it. Uh, Whatever the case, uh, for uh, the Lord to be looked on in his glory uh, would just not be possible. So for Moses to experience God face to face is an expression that simply means he's very, very close with God. Uh, The relationship between Moses and God is very, very intimate. And now Joshua is being told, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Joshua knew about the relationship that that Moses and the Lord had. And so I'm sure this was of great comfort for him to hear this. Uh, You know, we can at times get too wrapped up in our own reputations and personal advancement, wanting people to know who we are and build ourselves up. But the Lord is the one who holds power over who is exalted in the eyes of other people. And he exalts the people that he wants to, and he increases reputation as he sees fit. And he does that for Joshua here in this passage. 
He says, Joshua, I am going to give you an elevated position in the eyes of other people. So this can be uh, something of encouragement to us. We don't need to spend our time worrying about how to become famous or how to advance ourselves. If the Lord wants to do that for us, he's going to do that. We should simply spend our time uh, being interested in serving him faithfully. Joshua here is to command the priests to stand still when they get into the Jordan River, carrying the ark, wading in the water uh, with the Ark of the Covenant. And so uh, Joshua then in verse 9 says to the sons of Israel, so he's going to give them the commands that the Lord has instructed to him. He says, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Again, I can't bring this out enough. Joshua is letting the people know that the Lord is the ultimate leader of the nation. It's not simply his words that are being spoken, Joshua's words that are being spoken. Ultimately, everything Joshua is doing, he is trying to do in pursuit of what the Lord wants. The Lord is the ultimate king, the ultimate ruler of his people. And Joshua is uh, simply a secondary administrator here who's attempting to lead his people to follow after the Lord. Uh, Joshua, in verses 9 through 13 gives the commands of the Lord to the people. Now listen to what he says in verse 10. Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will assuredly dispossess from before you the seven major people groups of the land. This, this, uh, these seven peoples come out over and over again throughout the book of Joshua. So we will hear these titles, uh, and each of them describe different subcategories of the Canaanites living in the land. So he says here, the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and the Jebusites. We know some things about some of these individual people groups, Canaanite seems to be more of a broad term. Hittite is a little more specific to the people groups coming from Anatolia in the north. So they would have been living in the northern region. Uh, Hivites, Perishites, Gergesites, Amorites. The Amorites were typically the ones who were living in the hill country of Ephraim and Judah, what would become Ephraim and Judah. And the Jebusites were specifically living within the area of uh, Jebus, or which would become the future site of Jerusalem. Uh, so the Jebusites were high up in the hill country. Uh, Joshua tells the people, this is the way that you will know the living God is among you. Now this is interesting. Wouldn't you think that these people, having come out of the land of Egypt and seeing the signs and wonders that God had done there in Egypt, and then all of the events that happened throughout the wilderness, don't you think they would have known that God was with them? You know, we constantly need reminders as human beings that God is with us, that God is for us and present among us. And so the Lord very graciously is going to give Israel a powerful sign that's going to 
bring together what happened in the events of the Exodus with what's happening in the events of the conquest. So this is what the sign is going to be. Uh, first of all, the, the promise is that he's going to drive out all these people from the land of Canaan. And the sign itself uh, is given in verses 11 through 13. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Now then, take for yourselves 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel, one man for each tribe. He doesn't expand on this here in verse 12, uh, but we will read about later on in chapter 4 what these 12 individuals are for. Verse 13, And it shall come about when the soles of the feet of the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, and the waters which are flowing down from above shall stand in one heap. Now what is being done here on the Lord's part is to connect the ministry of Moses with the service of Joshua and to connect what happened in the miracle of the Exodus, particularly the crossing of the Red Sea, with what the people of Israel are now experiencing, they're going to cross another body of water, and the Lord is going to bring them through that on dry ground, just as he had done through the Red Sea. And so there are a lot of connections that are being made. Why do the people uh, need these connections? Well, one possible reason is that remember who it is who is possessing the land of Canaan at this time. It's not the, the heroes of the Exodus. It's not the adult generation of the Exodus, right? Because uh, that generation was condemned to die in the wilderness for their disbelief, for their unfaithfulness to the Lord. Numbers chapter 13 and 14, they believed the 10 spies who said, you can't take the land and they want to go back to Egypt. And so the Lord curses the generation. Everyone uh, over the age of 20 years is condemned to die. So it is their children that are entering the land of Canaan. And these children were very young when all of the events of the Exodus were taking place. And now it's 40 years later and they need some connections made there. It's interesting how quickly we forget what the Lord has done for us. That's one reason why coming together, breaking bread together week by week uh, is important for believers in Christ to remember what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.